This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ebner angling now cuts up field. Ebner is on his feet. Ebner is in the sideline. He is tiptoeing the sideline. And he is in to the house. Yeah, that's what it's going to be like. Touchdowns galore, thanks to Fox Sports for the highlight. And, uh, and uh, okay, so you, you got a couple guys that can help in the return game, that can help on special teams. And, you know, when you, when you think about it, um, a lot of people talk about the beauty of having a defensive-minded head coach is that you get defensive players and then you get better special teams. And, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, they do score points in the in the uh, in the modern NFL. The list that got caught up in that. All right, guys, we're having the draft show. We've got uh, we've got Mark Rohde. He's up at uh, at Hallis Hall with all the latest news, and he joins us from the uh, from the. Are you in the war room? Where are you? Uh, yeah, it's the we call it the it's the it's the media war room. I actually right now, as not to disturb my colleagues, I, I'm out in the the lovely atrium area of Hallis Hall and staring outside and it, it's almost invisible out there because the rain is coming down hard in Lake Forest out here. So uh, uh, I don't know if it's hit there yet. I'm seeing we had the, the tornado warning sign go off in the media room as well. So, hey, everybody, let's be careful out there. Uh, as far as the what what's going on with the Bears, they have, at, at least as of right now, in theory – the Bears have two more selections to go in this draft. They have two more seventh-round picks, 254 and then 255. And, of course, as you guys all know, after that, Ryan Poles will spend a whole lot of time on the telephone talking to undrafted free agent rookies, as the point has been made over and over about needing to fill up this roster. And then shortly thereafter, Ryan Poles will come out and uh, talk to us and uh, I'll be reporting on that um, on Twitter as well, just to let everybody know Ryan Poles' exact assessment of this draft. So that's what's coming up. Some things that have that I have heard out here, one of those centers on the, the Bears' most recent pick in the seventh round, 226 overall, the tackle Jatiri Carter out of Southern. He was a four-year starter at, at Southern, played 37 games at left tackle, we were just told, though, by one of the Bears scouts that he definitely projects as a guard at the NFL level. So they didn't even didn't mince words, didn't say, like, oh, he could probably play. Nope, 
he definitely projects as a guard if he does indeed uh, make this this Bears team. And the Bears have been uh, all over the, the offensive line. As we talked about in our uh, last report, the, the Bears in the sixth round did take a running back, Baylor's uh, Treston Ebner, and uh, he, he takes pride in being what he refers to as, and we've all heard this description of guys before, as a, as a Swiss Army knife type of player. Um, he, he can run the ball, he can catch the ball, and he loves playing you know, kick, return, punt, and kick. And he actually says that what he thinks he does best and enjoys doing most is catching the ball playing you were catching the ball out of the backfield as a receiver so just as a a rough draft blueprint it's kind of Tariq Cohen-esque I have no idea if he's that type of player um, at the NFL level another guy that that we got to talk about and we briefly talked about him earlier is the the tackle um, Zach Thomas Zachary Thomas out of San Diego State and uh, he, he probably wins the award for most exuberant and most excited about being drafted and coming to the Bears. And he was asked, hey, what, what do you know about the Chicago Bears organization? And he said, number one, I know that the Bears have the most Hall of Famers. And then he said, number two, I know that they need another Super Bowl trophy to go along with the one they got in 1985. So he, he's done his uh, – done his studying he's done his pandering and i thought that 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 was great that he is aware of the lack of world it's a big statement for a guy who went that late in the draft i tell you that much <laughs> hey come on don't ruin i'm just saying it's fun. a big statement it's a big <laughs> and worry about making the team worry about making the team yeah. oh, oh and i'm <laughs> always a, afraid that, to ask oh, guys yeah, Olin, you went to a Super Bowl. You don't like hearing that. Come on. No, man, that hurt. That hurt me, I got to say, Zach. That hurt me at the right spot. You hit me in the right spot. Uh, I know. Hey, I always appreciate You see me bite back. I bite back almost like it was. he was talking to me. I was like, hey, man. Oh, man. That's beautiful. Working on my insecurities now, I see, huh? All right, cool, man. Well, he, 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 did, say, he did say Olin Cruz could have done more. He did say that. <laughs> he couldn't quote. be more right. I'll be honest with you. He couldn't be more right. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, Grody, not everybody can be Demir Bird, okay? We're trying. <laughs> hey, hey, who knows? Maybe... Maybe they, maybe the next, you know, who our Demir Bird this year can be? It could be Equiminius mm. St. Brown or maybe mm. Byron Pringle. Those are the guys that we could uh, could zero in on this year. And in terms of, or or even, and I, I don't know what you guys thought about the Bears' third round pick and Bayless Jones Jr. out of Tennessee. I thought the interesting thing about him is that you don't usually see a guy with four three one speed also have like that toughness, the yards after contact, and Bayless Jones Jr. had 267 receiving yards after contact mm-hmm. last year. So maybe he's the guy we're talking about this year. Yeah, I think he's kind of going to have that that like smaller Cordero Patterson kind of vibe to him where he's really mm-hmm. fun when you watch him with the football. Whether he goes anywhere or not, it's just going to be fun to watch him with the rock in his hands. So people are going to be eager, I'm sure, to see him get it more often. I wonder, Groats, if um, – if you have a sense, just, you know, we'll talk to hear from Ryan Poles again later after the draft is over, of course, but just however many bodies they add between now, the end of the draft with a couple of picks remaining, and then however many rookie free agents, 
do you anticipate that they're going to actually like try to fill this roster out? Will we see a bunch of veteran acquisitions over the next week or something also? Because there's still going to be more slots available to fill. Yeah, I think that Ryan Poles, Anthony, is going to exhaust every possibility. You know, one of the scouts that was in here a little bit earlier with us said that he he you know he's had his head to the ground doing his job he wasn't even he didn't even realize how many roster spots the bears had to fill because when they started the day i believe there was uh 63 and they need to obviously get to 90 and you know ryan Poles even before this process started was talking about you know the fact that he knows that with the depth that exists in this in this draft that even beyond that there's going to be a lot of guys walk in the streets after this draft rookies that are going to be possibilities to come in here and have a chance to make the team. One person that I talked to said that he, you know, and it's not difficult for, you know, undrafted rookies to make the team and become a part of it. But considering what this year seems to be a, a rebuilding year, one in which the team is not necessarily expected to win, or that's not the, the, the number one thing that this organization is thinking about, they're thinking about developing that a guy like that would be in perfect position to come in and show that he could make the team. So, yeah, undrafted rookies, and I know you mentioned veteran players, those guys will be looked at. I mean, he's going to – Ryan Poles is going to stare down just about every possible option, and that's, that's what he has been saying. And – you know, it's there. There is a volume issue here. So, you know, in terms of getting bodies in here and getting real guys that may be able to surprise and open the eyes of Matt Eberflus, especially once they get him out, get them out here. What types of guys that they like? Because we all know that he has some things that go beyond just talent that go to some of the peripheral and the hustling and the hits principle and all those things that we've talked about as well. Hey, Grody, we'll give you a second to um, take back that rebuild comment. But uh, <laughs> Baelish, now, both guys are returners, right? Um, the, the running back, Ebner, did I say his name right? Ebner, yeah. Ebner and Baelish Jones. Do, does, one do diff, does one do punt and one do kickoff return, or do they both do both? I think both did both. I know that uh, Treston Ebner did both as, as far as Valus Jones, he may have been more of, of kick return, but I know that both have said that they'd be interested in doing both. So yeah, no, I think that, that, that possibility exists for both of those guys, or it could be somebody completely different. I don't know if that, if that was when it, what went into drafting those guys, the, the versatility of these players or if, like, they actually, you know, just look at them as doing the actual positions that they were drafted for. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm just curious, guys. Um, do we have a winner in the division for the best draft class? I don't know if you've looked through the opponent's draft class. Um, obviously, Green Bay, uh, they, they had uh, Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt, a couple guys out of Georgia, they got the uh, they got the drafted linebacker out of Georgia, and uh, and Christian Watson they got uh, with the 31st pick. That's three guys before the Bears picked. We know that um, the Lions got Aiden Hutchinson with the second pick in the draft, and and Jameis Williams, the wide receiver, they moved back up and got him at 12, um, and then they took um, the, the edge rusher Josh Pascal in the third round. 
And then um, weird stuff from uh, Kwesi uh, Adolfo Mensa, the new uh, general manager in, uh, in Minnesota. He traded down with division opponents a couple times. Now they got, you know, a, a pretty good safety at the end of the first round, and they got another guy in the – and the and the cornerback uh, that's pretty good, but did did any of those classes jump out to you guys as significantly better than the Bears? I'll say this: it, I'm more confident now than I have been the last couple of seasons that that the Bears have the have the least amount of talent in this division, mm. and I, I haven't yeah. necessarily felt that in a strong way for a few years. And I mean, I think back to like two years ago. Felt like the the Bears personnel wise were were as strong as anyone in, in this division, and it's certainly not the case right now. And you, I mean, D- Detroit certainly early in the draft through the first two days, I was really yep. impressed with what Detroit did days one and two, compiling that with some of the young talent that they had acquired over the last couple of seasons at offensive skill and trying to address some things in the secondary and with their pass rush. So I mean. You know, Lions aren't winning Super Bowl or anything, but the Lions are a far more formidable team now than it's felt like they have been the last couple of years, and especially when you compare that with where the Bears roster is at right now. Yeah, I think Big Ant nails that there just because, look, I mean, the Lions have two picks in the top 12 of the draft, so they're going to get players there, right? And Aiden Hutchinson, who a lot of people thought was the best player in the draft, they end up with drafting him, uh, the edge rusher out of Michigan, and then uh, they get Jamison Williams, and we know he's coming off that – ACL, but when that guy is healthy and you get Oof. DJ Chark and, and um, they're tight end, I'm losing his name now. I think he's from Iowa. TJ Hawkinson. TJ yeah. Hawkinson, yeah. and you got Swift at running back. Uh, yeah. They have a very good offensive line drafted Panay Sewell last year. I really like their guard, Jackson. Uh, they've done a nice job putting together some players. Uh, like Big Ann said, by no means do you think uh, they're headed to the Super Bowl anytime soon, but they get Pascal as another edge rusher, and then they get Kirby Joseph. Uh, the safety yeah. out of Illinois, a lot of range. Good player. So, yeah. uh, good player. I, I think they, if you talk about just having in the division the best draft, uh, just draft-wise to improve your team talent-wise, I think you got to look at the Lions. I mean, obviously, uh, with Aaron Rodgers, you put anybody with him up there in Green Bay. And now that defensive front, uh, Big Ant, that scares me. Now, uh, um, you know, uh, Kenny Clark, uh, Wyatt, they drafted from Georgia. Uh, Rashawn Gary on the edge and Preston Smith. Uh, they're going to be a handful on third downs up there uh, in Green Bay at that field. They can I, draft. I, 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 oh, go ahead, Gross. Go ahead. Go, I was going to say, I, I, I completely agree with you guys. I, I'm with you guys on Detroit because you got two, two legitimate impact players that are going to start right away and could be big time right away. But I, one thing I, that scares me from the perspective of the Bears is what the Packers are doing. And, it, you know, it was funny to think about Aaron Rodgers not getting offensive players with those first-round picks. But they got two pretty good defensive players in Kawhi Walker and, and Devontae yeah. Wyatt. And you, one thing that, you know, Bears fans have always been able to look at and say is, hey, our defense is better than yours. You know what I mean? Like, and and if, if Green Bay is a team that can have elite offense and they have a really good defense – those are the types of teams that win Super Bowls. So it, it does uh, scare me a little bit that Green Bay has added what I think is two really good defensive players. Mm-hmm. And, and because they have Grody, the quarterback. Go ahead, Big Ant. 
I'll, I'll, be, I'll be quick. Just they Green Bay is in a position where they can draft for luxury. That's the thing. Because they got Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> they, they could yes. spend the first round ignoring receiver, even though they just lost one of the best in the business. They're just confident they're going to be fine, and they could load up early on defense, make a little trade, get a guy. I, I texted you guys after Christian Watson went off the board. I really liked him, and especially yep. that scenario he's going into in Green Bay will really suit him as well. Just, you know, quick game, catchable ball, a system with, with a play caller who can find roles for individual players, and there's going to be experience around him. You know, not, not electric experience, but you got guys who've worked with Aaron Rodgers before, like Alan Lazard, and, and you bring in Sammy Watkins as a veteran, a, a quality offensive line. He's going to be in a good situation to thrive there in Green Bay, and especially because they're willing to run the football. So it's a it's a really good position that Watson goes into in Green Bay because they got it like that because Aaron Rodgers is their QB. They can continue to ignore drafting receivers early and be confident they're going to be fine and load up in the front. They did that with Rashawn Gary a couple of years ago. Now he's turned into a quality football player. Right. We really had a strong end to his year, he did. But um, it's interesting, right, because the Chicago Bears looked at the last time they had success, and they kind of went back to that, right? They went to Eberflus, remind them of Lovey Smith. You see returners like Devin Hester uh, hitting the roster now. They're building their defense up again. Um, but the last time the Packers won a Super Bowl, what a lot of people don't talk about, what as good as Aaron Rodgers is, is they had a very good defense. That I think gave up under 12 points a game. Yeah. Don Capers and, and Charles Woodson comes to mind immediately. Uh, B.J. Raji on that front. Mm-hmm. Ryan Pickett. They were just very, very good. Very stingy defense, and maybe they sat Aaron Rodgers down, and that's what they told him. Look, the last time you won a Super Bowl, you had the number one defense, number two defense in the NFL. Maybe we should get back to that, running the ball, playing defense, and then you make big plays at the end to win it. So a lot of teams kind of maybe looking at their history and going back to that when the last time they had success. Hey, guys, this is pretty cool. I'm just looking at some of the words of – the Illinois, the Illinois center, the Bears drafted Doug Kramer, who the Bears took in the sixth round, 207 overall. He's a Hinsdale Central kid, played at the University of Illinois, and uh, just saying on Zoom to reporters out here at Hallis Hall, dream come true for sure. I don't think I've fully wrapped my head around that the Bears just took me. This means the world to me and my family. So you got another guy like Cole Komet who's on this team, and it actually it, he's obviously a guy who was a Bears fan, and it, it legit means something. It doesn't sound like he's just saying that because that's what we want him to say. Yeah, interestingly enough, uh, the Bears went after uh, Brian Allen, right, in, in the free agency, and he's a Hinsdale yeah. uh, central guy, and his brother Matt Allen uh, coming out as a free agent now out of Michigan State. So uh, I don't know what they're doing out in Hinsdale. I don't know what they're feeding those kids, but uh, they got some centers coming out of there for sure. Well, you know, and I think that's what's kind of a little bit upsetting about what's happened with the offensive line is that they did – go after Brian Allen and they didn't get that deal done. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, by all accounts that didn't, that didn't, that negotiation didn't go as well as you would have hoped it would. And, and then Ryan Bates, you actually signed that guy, but all you did was, was you did the contract for a different team for Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Cause they match it. You just have to wonder if you're prioritizing and I get it. They ended up with Lucas Patrick and, and I, they felt that they did fine, mm-hmm. but I, I, um, I mean, they, they've drafted an offensive line here if we start adding these guys up. <laughs> they just did it, like, from the fifth round down. That that would be the only complaint, right? 
Well, and you, we talked about it earlier, right? We talked about if you look at it, you're going to be a little bit worried. I, I tell you a one interesting tidbit about Doug Kramer, which leaves me a little jealous. He ran a 4.940. I don't know how the hell he did that. Uh, I got to go out and work, man. Began. I don't think my 5.3 is holding up anymore nowadays, man. So a uh, very impressive uh, uh, time there. And we talked about them getting a little more athletic in this outside zone scheme. And, and you see a bunch, they've drafted a bunch of guys who can move. Uh, on that offensive line. But uh, like you said, Molly, you don't go in knowing that, man, look, look at who they got here. We'll plug them in, and they're going to make us better immediately. I, I don't think they got anybody like that. They have some guys that uh, the developmental part of the Chicago Bears building now, Jimmy Arthur, the strength coach, uh, Salazar, the Clyde Emmerich, director of sports performance. Uh, these guys become extremely important now in their offensive line developmental phase. And it's been really gratifying to hear. Like Ryan Poles has addressed that. Uh, he was talking about it a little bit at the Combine. He's spoken about it, I think, one other time this offseason, just the, the developmental end of things, the sports science end of this, and how they're not only just in the kind of big picture reshaping some bodies, but how they're going to go about that new personnel that's been hired to assist the Bears in doing that and just kind of modernizing things, you know, in, in a way that some of the top teams around the National Football League or valuing some of that that sort of fringe personnel that operates on the exterior of things but really play a key role in making sure that development of your roster is getting guys better. Don't just come to the NFL and plateau. Don't just sit around doing hammer strength and eating whatever you want to eat. Like, you can still – you can get here. Even if you're 25 years old like Bayless Jones. Hey, you you're showing your age there, football. Big Ant. You mentioned hammer strength. You're showing your age there. That's what we had in Detroit, I know. Man. I showed up in Detroit. Age. It was just all hammer strength I don't stuff. know if those are in there anymore, Big Ant, to be honest with you. <laughs> you, and, uh, you and Robert Porsche. You and Robert Porsche down. Ooh, that was a tough defensive it. line now they had. That was a That's tough a play, defensive man. line. You know, the the only other thing I just want to get to is, Olin, you mentioned the last time they had this kind of defense that, you know, obviously Lovey coming in. But remember who was here when Lovey Mm -hmm. came in. There Mm -hmm. was a there was a football team here and there were a Mm -hmm. lot of pretty good players, including yourself, that were that were ready to start winning. And he did Mm -hmm. a great job. I'm not saying he didn't, but. It was really wonderful to have young talent on a squad. I don't know that I'm seeing that here. And, and I mm-hmm. think, in fact, that when you look at the players who have left and the players coming in, I mean, you, you really – this is as much a rebuild as you're going to find anywhere because mm-hmm. your talent level has dropped off. And, and you know, um, I, I don't know how, regardless of what they're doing – to professionalize, I don't know how it doesn't take a couple years from where you're at right now looking at this collection of players. Yeah, in 2000, they draft Brian Erlacher and Mike Brown back-to-back, right? In 2003, you get Pina Tillman and Lance Briggs back-to-back. Those are some pretty damn good football players, man. And in Lovey's first year, they draft Tommy Harris and Tank Johnson, and they trade for Otto Wally Agunlier. Uh, so, and Alex Brown, was, Alex Brown was also here already drafted. So... Uh, to your point, a Hall of Fame middle linebacker was there. We got a good linebacker in Roquan Smith. Uh, they maybe drafted a guy, hopefully like Mike Brown, uh, Jalen Johnson. Hopefully, we, we got to get guys uh, to ascend, Big Ant. We got to get guys to play better football and become a blue chip NFL player. And you mentioned it. You said uh, this talent on this roster does not impress you right now. The 
the Miami Dolphins are, are an example of where the Bears would hope to be a year from now. The, the way the Buffalo Bills built things up a couple of seasons ago, an example of where the Bears are hoping they can quickly get to. We've seen some examples. I mean, the most recent, and, and frankly, you know, obviously there's a lot of different versions of where that, that frustration went into things with Brian Flores being relieved of his duties in Miami because it's been a roster for a couple of seasons there that has not taken the field with a personnel advantage, but they've won some games. They won some games last year, and then this offseason, they spent a lot of money. They had it available. They, they threw a lot of money at that roster, and now Miami goes into this season with two things in mind. One, Tua Tonga-Vailoa now has the opportunity to prove himself as a quarterback, and two, they should be winning at an even higher level than they have been. The Philadelphia Eagles, you can maybe say something similar with that roster they've begun to put together there. So, you know, it's not looking right now like this is going to be that season for the Bears. And, you know, you've got, got to enter all of these discussions with that frame of reference in mind. But just look for the, you know, are they hitting the right notes to assemble a roster that will prepare them? Are they doing the right things structurally, infrastructurally, to put them in a, in a stronger position to be competitive. Ain't going to be this season, but maybe a year from now with all that cap space they're going to have, maybe the Bears can be one of those squads. So, mm-hmm. guys, we came out of we, – we started the show. We talked about Kyler Gordon being uh, drafted and that being a position that anybody that looked at this team came out of last year's draft and said, wow, you know – they're kind of a cornerback short, right? They don't. They didn't really do anything. They, you know, they got rid of a of a guy in, in uh, Fuller that was a really good player for them, and they didn't replace him. Who's going to be the replacement there? They went through the kid from from Detroit, and they moved on. Um, what is the position out of this draft that we're going to mm-hmm. go into next year's draft and say? Uh, they forgot to get this one. Is it the left tackle position? Is it? God forbid the quarterback position, the wide receiver position. What is it? I think it's the wide receiver position. I, I think that's going to be the position uh, next year when they're back in the first round. In my guess, that's going to be the position they're going to be looking for because um, you're not going to find any late free agents to come in and be your number one wide receiver. Uh, I think when, when it's all said and done, uh, even if Mooney uh, ascends to a number one wide receiver and has a good about his year as you could have, I think they still are going to need another guy out there, right? We, um, we just saw A.J. Brown get traded to the Philadelphia Eagles with Devonta Smith already there. Uh, this is a passing league right now, it seems like, and I just think that's going to be the position they're looking at, and that's just to say hopefully their offensive line develops. Yeah, I think wide receiver definitely leads that conversation, and then I would throw a playmaking interior defensive lineman who, who's mm-hmm. going to be a part of that discussion as well. If, you know, if Robert Quinn is still on the squad this season, we can assume it might be his last season in Chicago if he's still on the team once the season begins. So you at least do have an edge rusher. And then, you know, off the other edge, you'll have a variety of guys led by Aquadine Muhammad, likely, who's rotating through there just to see what else emerges. But on the interior, and we talk so much about three technique, the importance of it in this scheme right now, there's not like a bona fide playmaker at three technique. And that's going to be really key when they're looking at our, how do we assemble this championship portion of the roster. Yeah, I, I agree with Big Ant on, on that because we, we know they took the swing with Larry Ogunjobi, and then the then they go get Justin Jones. Is Justin is he truly the the three technique that is going to be playing for the Bears when the Bears, in theory, are good again? I don't know about that. So, I, and, and you know, the one thing that the that Ryan Pace did pretty well 
during his time here was to have a, a good, sturdy rotation of defensive players and a defensive lineman, uh, a couple of whom are gone, and Akeem Hicks, obviously, and then Bilal Nichols, too. We'll see. I will see what Justin Jones looks like with the Bears and Matt Eberflus and Andrew Williams and the defensive coordinator, but I just I just don't know. I mean, obviously, he, he was the second choice for that position, so they don't think as highly of him as they thought of, of Larry Ogunjobi. And I think the receiver thing is interesting, too, because it's possible that that's a nod to Justin Fields, that, that they are saying, look, we, we got a quarterback, and they've talked about this guys they've talked about the the idea that they like seeing quarterbacks or have seen quarterbacks take that jump from year one to year two and maybe they are counting on that from Justin Fields more than we even know all righty thank you Mark Rohde and uh and gentlemen a lot of fun Anthony mm-hmm. Heron thank you Anthony Olin always a joy really appreciate it thanks to our producer Brian Callahan great work from Brian and uh there's the draft. Here's now the time to hope. Let's all just say a novena until uh, until all our dreams come true. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. It's the Bye. Draft Show on Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.